Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Monday, September 21st edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez, presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Welcome to the first day of fall as well. Usually a time, the 21st of September, is when those first preseason games in a regular year would begin. You get those seven preseason games in about 10 days, all leading up to the NHL regular season. Obviously, that's not the case in this year where the Stanley Cup Final is underway right now. One game to none lead for the Dallas Stars. If the season were to start at the critical dates calendar that they mentioned when they had the return-to-play agreement, December 1st, uh, the season would be starting in just 70 days from now. Commissioner Gary Bettman, in his State of the League address from the Stanley Cup Finals, did bring up the start date of next season. Uh, the fact that the league is not married to a December 1st start date, that was the date that they laid out in that return-to-play protocol and that agreement that they put out. But he could envision it happening anywhere between mid-December or into January or mid-January. So uh, how that will be affected, they're not going to make that decision just yet. Uh, They're going to wait on the science like they did with the return to play, see where the league is. He also said he could envision a scenario uh, pending, obviously, what's going on with the pandemic, uh, where maybe initially there is no fans and then gradually integrate fans into the buildings, obviously pending a vaccine where the virus is and the state of the pandemic would all be notwithstanding. So uh, Gary Bettman not putting any definitive answers down. One of the issues that the league will deal with and uh, has to deal with come that time will be the U.S.-Canadian border because as of right now, if you travel into Canada or from Canada to the United States, you have a quarantine period. And obviously that doesn't work uh, for a hockey team traveling to Toronto and then uh, a couple days later playing in Chicago on a road trip. So that, that's something they'll have to work through. And he was noncommittal on a Canadian division, at least to start the season, where all the Canadian teams would basically play against the other Canadian teams to avoid that border issue. We'll see how that plays out here in the coming weeks as we inch closer and closer to the NHL draft. And free agency, which is uh, soon thereafter, just a couple days thereafter on October 9th. So a lot of business to take care of. Teams are going to have very interesting decisions to make as they get down to below or at $81.5 million, which will be the salary cap ceiling coming up for the 2020-2021 season. Gary Bettman also did mention he'd like to play a full 82 games and not have it creep into late summer again. So that'll be another part of the equation worth watching. Flyers Redux continues, and uh, the exit interviews have been continuing, availabilities with the media. Scott Lawton had a chance to address the media last week, and I had a chance to catch up with Scott after his availability for a one-on-one conversation, recapping the season, recapping the playoffs, what's ahead for this Flyers team, and how different this offseason is after having a four-and-a-half-month pause, coming back for the playoffs, and heading into an offseason. So here's my conversation with Flyers forward Scott Lawton. Joining us right now on Flyers Daily, the redux of the 2019-20 season, which lasted almost a calendar year. Scott Lawton joins us right now. Scott, how you doing? I'm not too bad. I just uh, got uh, home not too long ago, so I'm just trying to settle in back home. And um, Yeah. What, Scott, how's it to to kind of decompress from this season? You've been in the league a pretty long time now, and when a season ends, you you go through the process of you know, kind of recovering physically, mentally, emotionally, and all those things. You had the four and a half months off. You go back for the playoffs. Is this one different feeling in any way? Yeah, it's different. I think uh, different for me and our team, and in, in a certain way, just because uh, I think it's things definitely. Uh, 
a lot more than our, our uh, last couple uh, seasons just because how good we were and, and uh, the expectations were so high. So um, this one definitely stings and I'm um, still trying to kind of get over it here and, and uh, decompress the, the year as a whole and, and uh, what was going on in the bubble. So uh, definitely a, a tough couple of weeks here, but uh, get through it and, and get back to training and um, just that much hungrier to, to get back next year and, and uh, get back at it. When you and I talked during the pause, we talked at one point about, and I think your answer was, I can tell you after. Uh, first of all, what it was like living in the bubble for an extended period of time because you guys were there for a while and then playing without fans. First, what was it like living in the bubble, kind of existing under those kind of constraints? Yeah, it was, uh, to be honest, it was really good for us. We had a a really good setup uh, where we were at, uh, which hotel we were at. So um, we had a lot of stuff around us where where we could walk around and and, uh, be able to, to get outside and, and uh, do some things you wanted to do. So that, uh, in that sense, it was good. And then um, the group we have is, is really close. So no one really got uh, sick of each other or um, anything like that. So that was uh, also a really big positive. And then um, I think it's, I think anyone will say this, it's, it's definitely different without fans. Uh, I don't think you can uh, really replicate the, the crowd noise and the, and the energy in the building that you feel on a, on a night to night basis, but everyone's in that situation. And, and, uh, on, uh, honestly to, to watch it on TV, it's, it's not that big of a difference, but, uh, yeah, to, to feel that energy and, and, uh, to have, uh, your home fans behind you and, and, uh, have opponents fans booing you on a, on a game definitely gives you energy. So, um, I think it was definitely different, but uh, everyone went through it and, and uh, just a different experience for everyone. As a guy that's been in the league for a little while now, for, for some of the young players on your team, the, the Travis Konechny's, Travis Sanheim, Phil Myers, Carter Hart, Joel Farabee and others, how important is it for them to be able to cut their teeth in, in the NHL playoffs to kind of see uh, the intensity level, what it takes to win in the playoffs and, and how difficult it is and, and what you have to bring in game in and game out? How important was that element for them? Uh, yeah, I think it's huge, and, and uh, I think it's big for our group, I think, uh, obviously. Um, not the result we wanted, like I said, but uh, you play in a couple uh, big overtimes and, and uh, go deep and, and uh, get in that second round and, and uh, kind of come back from from being down 3-1 and, and uh, to see how hard it is to win the playoffs, what you have to do on a nightly basis and uh, what it takes to to grind teams down uh, on a nightly basis is, is what it really comes down to. So uh, a lot of valuable things that, uh, that we can take away from it, but um, definitely still some uh, disappointment that's, uh, that's lingering on. Not to bring up the disappointment with that game seven, was it a situation you guys are down three, one, that's a tough thing to come back from from. You're not changing venues um, where you're traveling and going, okay, well, we haven't lost on home ice or, us against the world and their building with all their fans and, and to be able to manufacture those kind of energies. You guys had to bring all the emotion and, and desperation game in and game out in a neutral site. Uh, when you got to game seven, was it, was there an element of there of just we, you were kind of tapped out of that energy and, you know, the Islanders had to go to that, that well for the first time playing for their season in game seven. Yeah, I think you got to give credit to the Islanders as well. And, and uh, they played a really, really hard game and, uh, 
I, I thought we had a good first 10 minutes, to be honest. Uh, we were we were going around there and, and uh, kind of buzzing around in the offensive zone. And then um, they score one there with, uh, I don't know how much time was left, but uh, in the first there and then uh, kind of, got stuck there a little bit and, and uh, we're moving our feet as, as uh, much as we wanted to. And uh, that's just sometimes the way the game goes and, and uh, the way the Islanders play. So credit to them, but uh, definitely um, could have been better in that game. But like I said, you got to learn from it and, and uh, take what you can from it. and uh, makes you that much hunger to, to go into next year and, and uh, really try and do something special because uh you don't get many opportunities at uh, at those situations, so uh, you definitely want to make the best of them. When can you kind of let get the sting of that loss uh, out of your head and realize that well, this is different than when other seasons have ha- have ended, and w- we're really building towards something now. We got guys that got experience this year, and sometimes you have to lose before you can win. That's just the way sports are for some reason, but. Um, it, that realization for you and the group, is there a comfortability knowing that you guys are really building towards something special? I think so. And, and uh, like, like you talked about there with, with all the young guys we have coming up and, and all the experience they gained. And then we have guys who have, who've been around who are still elite players in this league who, who uh, make a difference on a nightly basis. So it's a, it's an exciting time in Philly, I think. And um, for our hockey team, we have a, a world-class goalie who who uh, really really played well throughout the playoffs and and uh, kept us in a lot of games. So uh, it's definitely exciting. But uh, I guess that uh, sting or disappointment uh, you try and carry it uh, a little bit through your off-season workouts to to uh, push yourself a little bit and and uh, get it going in that sense, just because uh, you want to come back uh, and uh, get it going again. Scott, um, this offseason is obviously, from a calendar standpoint, very bizarre. I mean, we're in September. You guys are usually getting ready to drop the puck on a couple of preseason games to start another campaign around this time of year. Um, but, but this time, you know, you're not exactly sure when you guys are coming back. I know Bill Daly um, maybe threw a little bit of cold water on December 1st. It could be January 1st. We just don't know the exact date yet. There's, We don't know. Uh, we, we know that you guys won't be in a bubble again, but will there be fans? Won't there be fans? If there are fans, how many fans? Uh, for, for a professional athlete, ramping up his training towards another season and not knowing the date, it's kind of similar to the pause. Uh, how are you going to attack that from your standpoint? When do you get back on the ice? Or are you back on the ice? And how do you kind of regiment your training to, to make sure you're peaking when, at the right time when, when camp starts and, and you guys get back to playing games? Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a little bit like the pause and and uh, just kind of the unknown of of when we're coming back. And um, I guess that's probably the hardest part about our training is just the unknown and 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 what you can do and and uh, how. Uh, I guess when when you're going to come back and and start skating and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I got back into the gym this week and. Um, just trying to get the body moving again and, and uh, do some light stuff around for, for a couple of weeks just to kind of get my body back to where it was before the bubble and, and uh, then start training uh, pretty regularly and, and uh, probably get on the ice in, in a month, I would say, and, and uh, just kind of let my body take a break from, uh, from skating around and then um, get back at it. So, yeah, a little bit weird with the unknown, but... Uh, yeah, you got to deal with it. Everyone's going through it and, and uh, just uh, train as hard as you can. 
yeah, the control, the controllable, I guess, is, is the message because you just can't control any of this. What, what are the odds that Ivan Proros been on the ice since the season ended? Yeah, there's probably a pretty good chance. I would, uh, I would say that's probably over the 97%. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's probably been out there training eight hours a day, but uh, that's just uh, his routine, and, and, and that's how he plays 20, 25 to 27 a night and, and uh, uh, plays really hard for us. So um, that's, uh, that's his thing, and, and uh, it's, uh, it's really fun to watch. Yeah, it's it's pretty spectacular. Last thing for you, Scott. Um, do you have any kind of plans this summer? Usually, you know, you have a prescribed amount of time off. You can, you know, maybe squeeze a vacation, get out of the country, or do whatever. This is obviously different, and all the variables that go with it. Is there any you know fun things on the horizon for you for the off season that that you can kind of partake in and you know know when that's over that it's time to grind a little harder? Yeah, I think uh to be honest, just spend time with family. I think it uh it was a couple months away from uh seeing loved ones and, and uh seeing family. So that's uh that's number one on my list to to spend some time with my girlfriend and, and uh see my parents and grandparents back home and um just spend time with them. I think uh that's the main thing for me and, and uh uh, try and golf a couple of times maybe, but, uh, yeah, just, uh, try and keep it low key and, and, uh, see some family and friends and, and, uh, just spend time with them. Haven't been home, um, for a while at, uh, at this time of year. So, um, try and enjoy some fall weather with them and, and, uh, just be together. Yeah, maybe head to the cottage, get a little fall fishing in, which is something you usually don't get. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that that yeah. that those things are good, and and certainly family is always a great thing to have around and, and be able to to kind of fill that void with. Scott, uh, thanks for doing this, man. It's been, it was a, it was a fun season. You guys took huge steps forward. I know you had a, personally uh, from an individual standpoint, you had a good season and um, and really put up some points and were a big factor for this team. You had some huge goals in the playoffs. So uh, I appreciate you doing everything you did this season and uh, we'll talk soon. And hopefully you guys are getting training camp ready and, and a full 82 once again, would, would you want to play a full 82 again? Or would, would you be like, okay, let's go with a 70. No, we can go full 82. It doesn't matter to me, whatever, whatever the <laughs> NHL decides we'll do and, and uh, we'll try and make the best of. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens here in the, in the near coming future. Scott, thanks for doing this. Thanks so much, Jason. Special thanks to Scott Lawton for joining us here on Flyers Daily and for all the appearances uh, over this past season. He may be one of the guys that has appeared the most on Flyers Daily. Uh, he had a really good season, uh, missed some time in the regular season, still managed to put up 14 goals, and uh, a guy that's always willing to come on. So we always appreciate having Scott Lawton, uh, one of the guys that uh, you love to talk to on this team and a winner of the Yannick Dupre Award uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers and uh, the most improved player. This episode of Flyers Daily, as all of them, are brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center, supporting our Flyers. Penn Orthopedics creates the ideal care plan with treatment options fueled by our own world-renowned research, doing what once seemed impossible, so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at pennmedicine.org slash ortho, and give them a follow on Twitter at Penn Medicine. Monday, Wednesday, Friday format continues. We'll be back Wednesday with another all-brand-new episode of Flyers Daily. In the meantime, everybody, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday's episode of Flyers Daily.